Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am Al, and joining me today, his name is Chad Knight, the host with the most. He moves like a ghost on Facebook, he posts, he takes jelly on his toast and gravy on his roast. He don't mean to brag and he don't mean to boast, but he rocks the world from coast to coast. So let's all give it up for the host with the most. Our Finally, Al. Finally, an intro that's worthy of me. <laughs> Did you have to write that out? I mean, is that written out somewhere? Yeah, I actually, okay, I, I spent all day working on it, you know, and then I, I wrote it down because I, I was trying to practice it, but I kept messing it up, and now the listeners know why I don't do, uh, why I never pursued a career in rap music. <laughs> well, that and... Other than Eminem, you'd be the whitest rapper ever. <laughs> but I, you know, I would have to find some funky, fresh beats to, uh, you know, to put under that. But funky. we're we're not here to talk about Al and his failed rap career, are we? Well, maybe that uh, that Tech Nine episode I did with you on for Musically Challenged. Maybe yes, that's starting to write, you know, rub off on me, and you know, maybe listening to Tech Nine a bit made me actually start to think about rap but of course i'm sure the listeners are thinking al don't quit your day job to pursue rap it's not just the listeners thinking that al but but chad oh ouch but zing but 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 chad how of all of the of the people that you've ever podcasted with Uh how many of them have written a rap to introduce you that would be one and that would be you. It pleases me to be the first. Now you realize you're going to have That's what she said. Oh, oh, oh zing. Now you're going to have to tell Scott that the uh-huh. next time you podcast together, he has to think of a rap uh, to introduce you. Oh, that might be kind of hard. We're, we're recording in two days. <laughs> okay. Well, I came up with this funky fresh rap in a day. Okay, I I really hope we're cutting some of this conversation because I I don't know, man. Okay. The rap was nice. I got to tell you, the rap was nice. I enjoyed it. Okay, well, we are not here to talk about rap, though. And before we begin, I'd just like to tell you a little bit about what inspired me or what made me think about doing this topic. And again, this is going to be more of like a impromptu, off-the-cuff type episode. The, I... Catch! I happen to catch the Star Wars or Han Solo, a Star Wars story on Netflix a few days ago. You know, there was nothing really on, so I browsed Netflix, and my wife and I decided to watch it because neither one of us had seen it. And yeah, and the thing is, I hadn't taken a look at it before because, you know, I'd seen people on Facebook posting about how oh, it's so terrible and. I heard other people saying, and you know, oh, it's 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 a terrible movie, and it's like, but I actually liked it, and you know, I, this is actually timely because we are recording this on December eighteenth, so Star Wars Episode Nine is going to be coming out in uh, just a few days here, and one of the things I've noticed, and I'm sure this is not just Star Wars fans, I mean, I'm. Transformers fans I know are like this, and I know there's D&D fans out there that are like this too, and, uh, you know, if you know any other fandoms that are, you know, like, take this particular attitude, you know, we can certainly discuss that, but 
Among some fans, especially the older ones, there tends to be this attitude that nothing beyond the original can be good. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard someone say, oh, anything outside of the original Star Wars trilogy is garbage. And in the case of Transformers, there are people who, you know, anything beyond the original G1 cartoon and toys that we grew up with, you know, it's garbage. And I mean, don't get me started on Transformers Beast Wars and the whole truck, not monkey argument. But now I guess here's the way I see it. If you don't like something, that's fine. There, you know, in the case of Star Wars, there's no law that says that if you want to consider yourself a Star Wars fan, you have to like everything that has a Star Wars logo slapped on it. You know, so that's fine. But why is it some fans, not only do they take this view that nothing beyond the original can be good, but they take it a step further where they they insist that If you like the prequel trilogies, if you like the sequel trilogy, if you like anything that's not in the original Star Wars trilogy, you are a terrible, rotten person. You're stupid. You obviously have no appreciation for what a good movie is, and you are the lowest common denominator. And I know we can definitely go into this with Dungeons & Dragons fans, uh, you know, the Edition Warriors. But why is it that fans are like this? So first, Chad, have you ever encountered any fans like this where uh, choose a fandom, any fandom you want? Well, you know, the Star Wars guys, they are a special breed. okay? and most of the guys that you're talking about that are like anything outside the original trilogy is garbage. Those guys almost all. Always. It almost always starts with the phrase, when I was eight years old, my parents took me to see Star Wars. Okay? So that's what they grew up on. They grew up on this by today's standards, and I'm not trying to piss anybody off here, but by today's standards, they grew up with this very antiquated-looking sci-fi movie trilogy. Now, the very first Star Wars I saw was in 1980. I was four years old. We went to the drive-thru, drive-thru, the drive-in. Remember those? Drive-in Oh, yeah. That's actually where I first saw Star Wars, too. And I'll be 100% honest with you. I was four years old. It sucked. I didn't get it. You know, you don't understand it. And then on top of it, the good guys didn't win. So... You know, even by the time you're four, you're already conditioned to be that the good guys win. In Star Wars, or do you mean Empire Strikes Back? The second one in 1980. Yeah. Okay, because, yeah, you are talking about the first one, this first Star Wars, and it's like... Oh, no, no, I I didn't see the first Star Wars in the theaters. It came out the year I was born, or the year after I was born. Okay, so anyways, go on. So, you know, for me... It was never a big thing. I saw the trilogy growing up and stuff like that. My mother enjoyed the trilogy. And so when it came on TV, we'd watch Star Wars or or Empire or what was the third one? Um, the one with Return the, of the with, Jedi. Return of the Jedi with the, with the koalas. And, you know, it's... Uh, Ewoks, not koalas. I know. 
<laughs> I mean, if we're going to do an episode about pissing people off, I'm going to piss them off. <laughs> but here's the thing. I have now seen the eight movies. I have now seen uh, Solo. I have seen Rogue One. I have seen um, some of the cartoons, not a whole lot. Like, I haven't even seen a whole season of any of the cartoons, but I've seen bits and pieces here and there. Let me ask you this question, Al. What's your favorite movie that has the word Star Wars on it? Or series or anything? Anything that's encompassed in the Star Wars world? Okay, I know as soon as I say this, I know there are people that are going to like probably want to like throw something at me. Forget those people. We're asking Al Seeger here. Star Wars Episode One. Okay, so The Phantom Menace. Yes, I did Phantom like The Phantom Yes. Okay, I enjoyed The Phantom Menace as well. Not my favorite, but I did enjoy it. I enjoyed I enjoyed Jar Jar. You really want to piss people off? Tell me you like Jar Jar. Oh, yeah, and I know there's three Star Wars actors I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, because just of the way the fan base has affected these, you know, those, these three particular, well, two actors and an actress. But anyways, go on. So... For me, my favorite of all the Star Wars movies, uh, it's kind of a toss-up between Rogue One, which happens between Episode 3 and Episode 4 in the in the timeline, and Episode 3, uh, Revenge of the Sith. I thought that was an amazing movie. Yeah, I liked that one as well. I also liked The Force Awakened. I also, of the original trilogy, let's get people get upset about this too. What's your favorite movie of the original trilogy? Of the original, I would have to say probably Return of the Jedi, just because I really love the space battle at the end and how, you know, they have this conflict going where you're showing them, you know, you have the big wide-scale conflict, the battle going on outside of the, the Death Star, but then on the inside, you've got Luke and his father and the Emperor, and also another one of the things, one of the reasons, well, one of the things I liked about Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. again, I liked how that near the end of the movie, how you had the three different battles going on at once. You had the Jedi battle between Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul. You had the, um, you had a uh, Queen Amidala and her crew trying to infiltrate the throne room. And then you had the space battle on the outside. So the fact that you had all three of these battles and they all seem to be going downhill at the same time and then all, you know, sprang back like rubber band AI, I really I really liked that. So, yeah, those are probably two of my favorite movies. Yeah, and I think for the, the original trilogy, my favorite one is the third one, Return of the Jedi, just because it gave you more story than the other two did. I mean, it's always a balance and a battle between good and evil. We figured that out after the first episode, though. <laughs> or episode four. I have to say this right now. We, we figured that out after episode four, that it was all about balance and good and evil and, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like the biggest warriors I found are guys our age or slightly older. You know, the guys that saw them originally. You know, and I think it would be amazing if we could go back not having the knowledge of everything that came before it and walk into a theater to see this little movie called Star Wars 
And maybe we would feel the same way. Maybe that would change the way you and I look at everything that came after it. You know, mm-hmm. um, have you seen the episode of that 70s show? Which, where well, they go where they go to see Star Wars. So okay. the group of them, they go to see Star Wars, you know, and they have this whole gambit of, of feelings about it. You know, uh, Kelso, the, the big dumb idiot, is kind of like, he loved the movie, doesn't know why, but, you know, it was just really cool. And then you've got, you got Hyde, the stoner, who's kind of like, it's cool. And then you have Eric who comes out and he's like, I have a new religion. So, and you have those kind of fans, even to this day, when, it, when it's around Star Wars. Yeah, and see, the thing is, and, and this is what I really don't get, is how some people have taken their this attitude of hating on uh, certain parts of Star Wars way too far. And it's affected oh, yeah. three of the three actors, uh, Ahmed Best, who did Jar Jar Binks, Jake Lloyd, and Kelly Marie Tron, who, you know, all suffered various attacks and harassment because, well, in the first with Jake Lloyd, uh, my friend Chad, take a swig. <laughs> my friend Dan from the Radio Free Borderland podcast, we were actually talking about it a long time ago. Uh, and, you know, he was saying that. Uh, he read that uh, after Phantom Menace, he would get harassed. People would, kids would beat him up. People would come up to him and be like, you ruined Star Wars. And, you know, basically bullied the poor kid to the point where, you know, now he pretty much hates anything having to do with Star Wars. And, you know, he's... If I'm not mistaken, he doesn't act anymore either. Yeah, he stopped acting a few years back, which, you know, uh-huh. is unfortunate. And then Ahmed Best, you know, again, we had the whole thing about how there were certain people. They they thought but Jar Jar Binks re- represented certain racist uh, racial stereotypes. And since people hated the character so much, it spilled over to the hatred towards the actual actor. And it got him to the point where he almost considered suicide because of the harassment and uh, again more recently uh with kelly marie tron uh played rose tico in the in the sequel trilogy you know again she got harassed so badly that she i know for a while I'm, i'm not sure if she's back on social media but for a while she just walked away from all social media because of the attacks now one thing i will say this proves that some fans are not all like this. I remember one friend of mine posted uh, that there was a, an, a movement going around, uh, fan art for Rose, where basically people, or maybe it was fan art for Tron, but basically is people trying to, uh, you know, people as a way to try to show, uh, you know, Kelly that she did have supporters. People were making fan art of Rose Tico to try to, again cheer her up and i remember even mark hamill did a tweet like you know shout out to you know kelly for no reason other than your brilliant performance and being an all-around good person now i'm those weren't his exact words but you know what i you know what i mean right now now here to prove what kind of a star wars fan i am which one was rose tico again uh she rose tico was in uh last jedi she was the 
I think she was like an engineer or a mechanic, but the one that John Boygoda's character, Finn, remember they went off to the, the planet to try to look for the code breaker. Okay. Yeah. She's okay. the Asian, the Asian one. And, uh, her sister died at the start of the movie. Right. Okay. Just needed a little refresher there because I'm not, I don't live and breathe Star Wars. I know people that do. Yeah. Um, we both know a couple of that guys that do a podcast dedicated to Star Wars. Yeah. And, now, and they, they, they argue the finer minutia uh, of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Ben and, uh, yeah, Ben and, uh, Zach. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, yeah, just to give a shout out, their podcast is the New Jedi Archives. And, you know, I listened to one of their episodes today where Zach got this image in my mind. They were talking about the Mandalorian and, you know, how, uh, you know, the baby Yoda has been right. taking the, the Internet by storm. He was suggesting that, like, well, what if uh, baby Yoda is the, the love child of, of Yoda and Yaddle? And it's like, you know, could just picture them getting freaky. It's like, I didn't need that in my head. Though we did learn in one of the episodes, I can't remember which one. It was in the the first, the first three movies, and I can't remember which. Maybe it was the third one. Maybe it was Revenge of the Sith, where Yoda got his groove on and started beating the hell out of Doku. Or Dooku. That was uh, Attack of the Clones. That was the second one. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, so Yoda can move. So Yoda and Yaddle, who knows? Maybe they. Yeah. But no, um, to get back to your point, though, about it affecting actors and stuff, uh, with the kid, it was it was amazing. How old was he when he did that movie? Like eight? I don't know. Let me check. Uh, let's see. He was. Okay, he was born in 89 and episode uh, episode one was at 98 or well. So, yeah, he was. Let's see, 99. So, yeah, he was about 10 years old when, okay. uh, you know, when the movie came out. Right, and everybody expected this brilliant performance out of him. Well, he's 10, you know, and I thought for being 10 years old, and you got to remember, these guys are acting, all the characters are acting the way that the director tells them to, and the director gets out of them what they're looking for. So... If his performance wasn't up to the par of what you wanted it to be, it should really be more at the director than the actor. Okay, because yeah, that's I mean, that's number one, and and the fact that he had to withstand all this bullying from kids his own age. I'm sorry, but what the hell do they know about Star Wars? They're ten years old. And then you get into, like, the guy, I believe he played um, young uh, young uh, Anakin, right? It's the guy you're talking about, the second uh, hate, actor. Oh, the second one's Hayden oh, Christensen. Hayden, so. Hayden Christensen. He got a lot of hate for his role, too. Um, maybe not to the extent of the other characters, but the guy who played Jar Jar Binks, I get the, I get the racial argument. I do, until you look at the fish people. <laughs> who sounded so over the top like Japanese or Asian or whatever and there was zero said about it it was just everybody hated Jar Jar so they went for whatever argument they could find and it's 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 utter stupidity is what it is but that said 
you know what? If you don't like something, fine. You know, we have social media. Voice your opinion out there. People can read it or they cannot read it. It's up to them. But to physically go after these actors and not even actors, let's let's make it what it really is, to go after these people and ruin their lives because you as a as a consumer didn't like it. Who the hell do you think you are? Yeah, and I mean it's a good question. I think I mean, come on, let's face it, we all have that one friend on social media who likes to bash anything that's popular. Absolutely, you know, and I put them in their place too. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think in the case of some, I think for some people, the reason they do this kind of stuff is because they think it, maybe it's because there's something in their own lives where they don't feel like they're really, you know, that they're really accomplishing enough, or maybe they just don't feel as comfortable in their lives that the only way that they think they can feel better is by tearing down someone else. I think there's also some people who probably jump like jumping on bandwagons and who knows, maybe for some people it is for social acceptance. They think that, well, there's this person that, you know, I want to get in their good graces. And while this person's always tearing down the, you know, Phantom Menace, so therefore if I want to be liked by this person, I too have to hate the Phantom Menace. But yeah, I mean, when you go after the actual actors, that's just totally uncalled for. I mean, I feel sorry for those people we mentioned. Um, Absolutely. Now, I don't... Now, with uh, the guy who played Finn, John Boygoda, mm -hmm. I think that's how his last name's pronounced, but as far as I know, he didn't really receive as much hate. I mean, I know there were people who... And these are probably some of the newer fans who grew up with the prequel trilogy, where they thought that all stormtroopers underneath the armor were, you know, Boba looked Fett? like, yeah, looked like Jango uh, Fett. Jango Fett, yeah. yeah. So it's like there are people, well, how can a stormtrooper be black? And it's like, well, because after the Clone Wars, they pretty much recruited recruited everyone or anyone. And from what I understand, there's even some stormtroopers that are of, you know, non-human races, but you're not going to get into that you know, particular discussion. So, well, I mean, think about it. Go back to episode four, five, and six, the ones that were originally shot. They didn't all have the same voice. I mean, already true. then they're showing, they were already showing whether or not the Clone Wars was something that he had already come up with and they didn't want him to shoot it. Whatever story you believe about that, he's already showing diversity within the, within those characters. However, that said, Let's go on, because we could talk about Star Wars all night. Let's go on to the one where I think I might be as guilty as the guys you're talking about, and that's Dungeons & Dragons. Yes. Uh, one of the terms that gets passed around in certain circles is addition warriors. Yep. And I personally think it's one of those things that it's not really too easy to pin down a definition of, because I think... I mean, I think there's certain things we can all agree. And I'm going to say something that a lot of people are probably going to disagree with me on, and that's fine. And that is, let's say you've got someone who says, I like second edition D&D, &D, and I think all the others are garbage, and I'll, I'll only play second edition. Would you consider that edition warring? 
No, I'd call that an addition snob. Because Mike, see, here's the question, though. This is how you find out if they're just snobs or if they're an addition warrior. Have you played other editions? Because if you haven't played them, then you're just being a snob. You're just being a guy who came up on second edition and you're not playing anything else because this is what I know. And that's really what it comes down to. They don't want to learn new rules. They don't want to learn how to devise a way to play a different system. Now, I was one of those guys. I came up on second edition. Well, actually like 2.75 by the time I started playing. They'd already gotten into the black books and that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the well, 2.5, yeah. But... Yeah. So, and I played that, and then third edition came out. And I was like, well, this edition's been around for like 20 years. Why would I go on to something new? And that was at the point where TSR went out of business and Wishes of the Coast bought the rights. And I wasn't going to give Wishes of the Coast any of my money. I already gave them enough money playing Magic. You know, I don't need to <laughs> give them money for my game, too, you know. So that was me for a long time. In fact, I didn't make the switch until 3.5 was out and pretty much the game of choice. 3 had kind of fallen at the wayside with all the fixes from 3.5. And then I tried 3-5, and I'm like, this is amazing. You roll a die 20, you don't have to worry about all this Thaco stuff and this and that and the next thing. You know, you got skills. Skills are amazing. Look what you can do just by rolling a die 20 and saying, I want to use this skill. You know, and so I played 3-5 for a long time. And then 4th edition came out. (laughs) I owned a game store at the time that 4th edition came out. So I thought... It made sense that I should buy the core books, read them, at least have an idea of what's going on. Everything I had read online already pointed to the fact that I wasn't going to like this edition. But being that it was part of what I did for a living, figured maybe I should, uh, you know, read up on it. So I went on Amazon. I bought the, the grouping of the three books. They were cheap because they – actually, no, I take that back. I'm talking fifth now. Fourth edition, I ordered in a copy of the of the books, and I sat down and I read them. And I absolutely hated fourth edition. Now, the question is why? Why did I hate fourth edition? I don't know, Chad. Tell us, why did you hate fourth edition? Because it wasn't Dungeons & Dragons. And that, I know there's a lot of people that were, hey, it's uh, – World of Warcraft in a book. And that's exactly what it was. There was no more doing the things about 3.5 that made 3.5 fun. If you chose a race and you chose a class in 4th edition and you started along these laid out path lines like, like you do in World of Warcraft. So when you got to first level or when you got to second level... You could choose, you know, between this option or this option. But that was where your choice, there wasn't, there was no way to have a third option or a fourth option. You had these two options. And every time you go up, you had one of two options, one of two options. It was a computer game in book form, and I get why they did it. They did it because World of Warcraft was huge, and they were trying to get that market into Dungeons & Dragons. 
it failed miserably. Seven, fourth edition was around four years, I want to say. Um, actually, it went a little longer. It may have gotten six, I think, because when did 5th edition come out? 5th edition just came out uh, a few years ago. Just a sec, I got my 5th edition handbook over here, but yeah, I mean, I'm wanting to say that it was only about like six years, because 4th edition came out, what, in like 2008? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because I would have been... Oh, no, it had to be after 2008. Okay, yeah, 5th uh, edition is copyright 2014. So, yeah, only about six years. So Yeah, and I hated 4th edition, so what did I do? I kept playing 3.5. Books were still readily available, and in a lot of cases, you could buy them secondhand cheaper than you could have if they were still putting them. So i played 3.5 for a long time then fifth edition came out there was a lot of hype around fifth edition um there was a lot of um outside influence on that too because there was beta testing with actual players like you and i could have beta test uh five and i looked at a lot of the beta test stuff and when i read it it felt like DD again there were some things I'm still not super hype about, but for the most part, the gameplay, the way you're able to customize your character, um, really cool, and the lack of splat books. That was the major problem with 3.5. I probably have 80 third and 3.5 edition books sitting in my basement. And as much as I like second edition, yeah, they were pretty... They were guilty of the whole splat book as well. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, with fifth edition, I'd have to say, of all the editions, that's probably the one I hear the least amount of griping about. Because, I mean, I think it's got enough detail, variety, and customization to satisfy the newer fans, but it's streamlined enough that it satisfies some of the more experienced gamers like you and I. Well, you know, if you look at it, and you take the feel of 5th edition, you've got a little bit of 1st edition, a little bit of 2nd edition, and 3rd edition, and even a little bit of 4th edition. And they kind of take the good things from every edition, and they mashed it up, and they streamlined the shit out of it. And for ease of play, there isn't a better edition than 5th, in my opinion. Do I still like to put on my 3.5 pants every once in a while and play? Absolutely, because you can nerf a character to high heaven in third edition. You know, but so what about you? What's what's your edition and what is your feeling on the other editions? Well, see, this is one thing where, Chad, take a swig. No, sorry. Yes, uh, this is something I know my friend Dan from the Radio Free Borderlands podcast and I have discussed and we disagree on. He He's one of those people, he, he doesn't like going into the negatives or what he doesn't like about additions because he sees that as addition warring, which I disagree with. I mean, my, my, the, my theoretical example I gave before, Someone says, I hate all editions of D&D except for edition X, whatever that is. All others are garbage. Now, if someone leaves it at that, I wouldn't necessarily consider that edition warring. Because, again, remember what I said before about Star Wars. 
There's no law, there's no rule that says if you consider yourself a Star Wars fan, you have to like everything with a Star Wars logo on it. In my opinion, same thing applies to Dungeons & Dragons. If you consider yourself a D&D fan, you don't have to like every single edition. You cannot like a, a certain edition, that's fine. But where the edition warning gets in, and I this is where I, I have a problem, is when you start getting the people who are like, you like that edition? You're not a real D&D fan. You know, these people who seem to know, they're the ones who know what a real fan or a true fan of D&D should like, at, at least in their opinion. Now, in my opinion, that is edition warring when it goes beyond just, okay, I don't like this edition for whatever reason, but when you start making personal attacks against others, and imply that since they like something that you don't like, that somehow makes them not a true fan, or it somehow makes you less than them just because of a differing opinion. In my opinion, that is addition warning. Okay, so what you're saying is that addition warring is external. Because that same person, if you turn that person around and they said, I only play edition X and I don't play any of the other editions because I don't like them. That's not warring. But if I say to that same person, well, I play edition 2X and they tell me I'm an idiot for playing 2X and not X, then that's warring? Yes. In my personal opinion, if someone, it's when they start to make the attacks against you. I mean, if they're like, oh, you, I mean, okay, you said you like third edition. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you, you admit that you like it because you can totally nerf a character on that edition. Yeah. Now, if someone says to you, oh, you know, the only reason that you like third edition is because you're obviously a min-maxer, you obviously don't understand role-playing, all you do is look at the plus ones and plus twos, and for you, it's all about how many nifty skills and feats. Cut that crap out, that's edition warring, that's uncalled for. It's now if someone says, well, I don't like third edition because I think they nerfed the rules. As long as they're not making personal attacks and saying that, you know, anyone who likes third edition is a dum-dum, that's not edition warring in my opinion, because like I said before, there's no rule that says you have to like every single version of D&D. It's okay to be critical as long as you're criticizing the system and not the players. You know, but D&D is one of those, one of the only RPGs out there that I'm aware of where this kind of argument goes on. Yeah, because I remember uh, we were we were talking been, a little. Yeah, oh. I, I've been playing Call of Cthulhu for over 20 years now. Yeah, and what is, and isn't, I've, isn't COC on like 7th edition now? They are. I, okay. I haven't bought 7th edition, not because I don't like it. I've played it at like conventions and stuff. I just don't want to drop the money on it. I dropped so much money on 6th edition, <laughs> you know, that I don't want to, and I will be. I mean, I did. I, I bought the core books now. I just haven't had a chance to read them yet. But every edition before that, like, I started playing under 4th edition rules, or maybe it was 3rd edition rules. And about every 10 years or so, they, they update the rules that, and that kind of stuff. But 6th to 7th is the first time in the entire history of the Call of Cthulhu game where it's a extreme rule change. Yeah, they that's changed what I was, a lot. 
that's what I was about to ask. I mean, how extreme were the rule changes? Because, see, the thing about, okay, basic to first, there were some significant changes, but they were still identical enough where you could use them together without much issue. First and second, again, extremely similar. So you could use first edition material with second edition material without without much issue problem mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then of course third edition took a totally radical departure and well then, and it was it was meant to because it was no longer tsr yeah it was now it was now wishes of the coast thing and wishes of the coast didn't have the rights at the time to everything before that so they had to go in a radically new way or they might have still run into copyright infringements and stuff like that. I believe since then they have they have gained the right, and I don't know this for sure, but I believe they have gained the rights to all the original Dungeons and Dragons material, which is why I think five fifth edition became a possibility. See, I think I don't think it was a copyright issue as to why uh, third edition was so radically different from second. I mean, I'm sure that when Wizards took over TSR, they acquired the rights to, you know, all their material. I think it was just because they felt that it needed a change and that they felt that this new system, the new look and feel of the system would draw in new gamers. So do you think maybe that's one of the reasons, when going back to Call of Cthulhu, do you think that for a long time, since there really wasn't any extremely radical changes in the rule set, that's why there, we don't we don't really hear about or we don't really see addition warring in Call of Cthulhu? Um, I don't know. That that would be a good question to answer. I don't know. Um, I never really think of additions as anything more than a new set of rules. I mean, I never think of, this is now, this is not my entire life of gaming, which has spanned a lot of years. Um, But now I don't see additions as anything more than how do the rules change so that I can play it in the most, or in the best possible way. I usually buy an addition of something, whether it be Dungeons and Dragons, Call of Cthulhu. Like I said, 7th edition's been out, it's got to be two years now, and I just bought the core books, you know, because, well, in this case, I needed them. I am working on a, I'm working on a project that is going to use 7th edition rules, so therefore, I needed the books. But yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But we have one more topic to discuss that I'm not going to be of much help for, because the only thing I know about them is the 80s cartoon and that's your beloved Transformers. Yeah, cuz the see in the in the in Transformers fandom, there's a term that we use sometimes called G1, which is a play on G1 which is short for Generation 1. That's mm-hmm. the you know, that's the stuff that we grew up with, the toys and the original cartoon, the comics um I mean, if you want to get technical, there's a whole lot more that falls within the G1 continuity family, but most people use G1 to refer to that original stuff. Because I, I know I've seen on forums and just video, you know people 
posting on YouTube videos and stuff how, uh, you know, like when the Michael Bay movies came out. And if you ever, remember how I joked around when we were recording uh, the episode where I called uh, Die Hard a Christmas movie? How, you know, when, you know, your your face starts to go red from the neck up and then the blood <laughs> vessel pops out and the steam comes out of your ears? Right, right. Do you want to see, you want to see me do that? You know what you say to me? What's that? Michael Bay ruined my childhood. <laughs> I mean, you and I had a discussion about that one night in Appleton, I believe. Yeah, or no, it was probably Oshkosh when you were. At... Oh yeah, it was. It was no, it was the night that we met your buddy. That you do the, the yeah. But anyway, it was. Uh, we were having that discussion, and I'm like, "You said what?" <laughs> yeah, and Michael Bay's not the best movie maker out there, unless you're talking explosions, and that's exactly <laughs> what he did with Transformers. The transplosions. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, because I, I, one of the fan terms that people have for that is, uh, you know, Bayformers. And then one of the cartoon series that came after that, Transformers Prime, some people call it Bayformers Animated. But it's like, yeah, you get a lot of that in the Transformers fandom. And it's like every time I hear say, someone say that Michael Bay raped my childhood, it's like, no, no, he didn't. Look. You know, rape is an act of violence against another person. What Michael Bay did is he made some movies about toys you used to play with when you were a kid and you didn't like those. That's not the same as rape. No, not even close. You know, and that's what irks me so much is when you get the whole they ruined my childhood or they raped my childhood argument. And and again, like with Transformers fans, it's like just from my experience with some of the stuff I've seen in the fandom... You know, no, it's like no matter what they come out with, someone is, well, of course, someone's always going to find something to complain about, you know, which, mm -hmm. okay, if you just leave it at, well, let's just use the Michael Bay movies as an example. If someone just says, I don't like the Michael Bay Transformers movies or the toy line that accompanied it, that's fine. It's just that, again, when you start to get to the point where you're like, where you're like, uh, you know, okay, if you like the Michael Bay movies, you're an idiot and you're, you know, you're the cause of all the world's problems. That's when, you know, that's where I start to, you know, have my face turn red and start to have the steam pour out of my ears. When Transformers switched over to the next series, the the Beast Wars, mm -hmm. uh, that's where we got the whole truck, not monkey. Because, well, without getting too much into the details of the series... In Transformers Beast Wars, it, it actually takes place on Earth in prehistoric times. And okay. In Dinosaurs! This one, yes. But in this particular series, uh, the, leader is, the leader is called Optimus Primal, who's actually a separate character from the Optimus Prime we know of. And he takes the form of a gorilla. So back when that, you know, the, back at that time, you had people, you know, Optimus Prime's a truck, not some stupid monkey. Yeah, I mean, come on. If you don't like the cartoon, you don't like, you know, don't watch it. If you don't like the toys, don't buy them. Just, you know, ugh, little common sense people. And just because someone likes something that you hate, that's no reason to make personal attacks against them. In Personally, most things. I mean, talking about, like, games and, you know, movies and toys. Okay, I mean, I'm sure there's some stuff where it's, that rule wouldn't apply, but 
for what we're talking about, different types of fandoms, no, you know, you don't just attack someone because they like something you hate. Right, right. Uh, you know, I, as a kid, I love the Transformers. I love the cartoons. I watched them every Saturday morning. And I had some of the toys and that kind of stuff. And even the Michael Bay movies, I enjoy them for the most part. They seem a little more violent than I remember the Transformer cartoon being. But, you know, of course, that was the 80s versus the 2000s. And there was a there was another animated series, and I don't remember which version of it it was, but I had sat down and I was flipping through TV and I'm like, oh, it's Transformers, you know, and I'm watching it and they were drawn really kind of strange. They're, you know, like they're the faces of the the um, the Autobots and the, and the Decepticons, they were very angular, very stark, you know. And it was hand-drawn. It wasn't CGI. Right. That was probably Transformers animated. And I did not like that. And, and it wasn't... I didn't mind the storyline that I watched, or but I just couldn't handle the way it was drawn. So you know what I did? I didn't watch a second episode. Wait, wait, wait. Chad, are you saying that if you saw a TV series that you weren't getting into... You could always just change the channel and watch something else. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's a good idea. Except if it's Black Mirror. <laughs> yes, because of me, you're pretty much stuck into... Uh, you, Another two seasons. You're going to ride this train to its destination with me, aren't you? And I'm going to make you pay for it someday. Uh-oh. Well, we. I think... Uh, We've talked this topic enough for now, so I think it's time to draw this episode to a close. So any final thoughts other than if you don't like something, change the channel? No, I, that's really it. If you don't like something, change the channel. If you don't like a game, don't play it. If you don't like a movie and you've seen it once and you don't like it, great. You know what? Complain to your buddies that also don't like the movie because you're old pains in the asses. But you don't need to ruin people's lives over a movie or or a book or it's just it's ridiculous. And I'm going to shut up now because, you know, I'm trying not to swear a lot. Yeah, it's OK. So, well, I'd like to thank all of you for listening and hope you enjoyed the show. And before we end today's episode, Chad, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Eclectic Media Project? What do you want to know about it? Like where you can find it? That would be good. Where can people find this eclectic media project, which I hear is really awesome? Well, it kind of is. But eclecticmediaproject.com, eclecticmediaproject at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Tunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they call it these days. Um, so, yeah, those are the places you can find us. And I'm helping Chad with Musically Challenged, so if you ever want to hear more of my voice, you can swing on over, and uh, while, while you're at it, why don't you go to Facebook, look up Eclectic Media Project on Facebook, stop by, like the page, and we'll take our relationship to the next level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Y'all should see the look on Chad's face.
He's like, I don't know how to respond to that. And end podcast. Good night, everybody. Hey, this is Nick and Alex, and we're here to tell you a little bit more about Dungeon Junkies. Now, we're a podcast that's based in Austin, Texas, and we are hell-bent on making you laugh. Absolutely. We have some fantastic storytelling uh, with some badass characters and even better music, as well as a ton of jokes to make you laugh. So join Fenworth, Taryn, and Dr. Euphoria, and our sexy DM, Kenny, on a quest to save the world or destroy it. I guess whichever one comes first. (laughs) And you can also check out our Real Talk episodes where we get meta inside our campaign and really figure out the depths of our characters and also the story. So check us out on www.dungeonjunkies.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dungeon Junkies, because not all adventurers are meant to be heroes. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.